This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News, Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. Well, hump day is over, and now it is Thursday. Let's get to Alabama news. The general fund budget for Alabama has been approved by the Alabama House. That bill also provides a 4% pay raise for all state employees. There were no dissenting votes on the measure. There is also a Senate version of this budget, so the bill will have to go to a conference committee in order to work out the differences in language. Also, the Alabama Senate has passed a bill that raises the current cap on the amount of money that can be contributed to the Alabama Accountability Act. That law was first put in place in 2013 and gave a tax credit to those giving to the scholarship fund. The limit was placed at 50% of income tax liability and no more than $50,000. In the bill, the cap has now been raised to 100% of the tax obligation and no more than $100,000 per individual who gives. The funds from the scholarship program are used to reimburse parents of students who are enrolled in a failing public school who want to transfer their student to a public or private school of choice. The money from the scholarship fund does not go to the Education Trust Fund, but the parents of the students. The bill is sponsored by State Senator Dan Roberts. Roberts says since 2013, the private sector has raised $176 million in order to provide for students' educational needs, and that has impacted 3,400 students per year. The city of Opelika is expanding in the manufacturing sector. Niagara Bottling Company will be building a new facility in that city. That facility will be an investment of $112 million. Governor Kay Ivey says this decision is a testament to Alabama's strong business climate. The facility will be located in the northeast Opelika Industrial Park near Interstate 85. Niagara Bottle is based out of California. Mercedes-Benz in Bibb County is celebrating an important achievement. The company has now opened its new electric car battery plant. That plant is just a few miles down the road from the main production of Mercedes-Benz vehicles, which is in Vance. The battery plant has hired 200 people so far and expects to reach a total of 600 in the future. WBRC News was there at the grand opening where CEO Jorge Berzer spoke, as well as Tuscaloosa Mayor Walt Maddox. We are opening the first production plant for automotive batteries in Alabama. Nearly one out of eight people who are employed in Tuscaloosa County owe their job to Mercedes or supply. There was a surprise move coming out of South Alabama when it comes to public schools there. The city of Orange Beach voted earlier this week to separate from the Baldwin County school system. The decision by the Orange Beach City Council was unanimous and was quickly followed by the creation of a five-member school board. The Baldwin County School Superintendent, Eddie Tyler, spoke to WKRG News, saying this decision totally came as a surprise to him. Tyler says his administration learned about the agenda for this vote on the day that the vote took place. Tyler says he looks forward to a proposed future actions on how to make this vote come to fruition Since back in 2014, Orange Beach voters rejected a proposed tax increase to start the process of their own city school system. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news, a speech was delivered to members of the U.S. Congress from Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky, in which Zelensky continued to plead for help from the U.S. and NATO allies in his country's response to Russia's military invasion. There are deeply conflicting opinions on which two parties are truly at fault with this conflict. Russia claims that they had to take action against Ukraine 
due to national security threats since Ukraine is a bordering country, threats like U.S. funding bioweapons labs and the neo-Nazi militia that have grown to a stronger element within the Ukrainian government, President Joe Biden is siding with Ukraine in this conflict. Saturday, my administration authorized another $200 million to keep a steady flow of weapons and ammunition moving to Ukraine. Now I'm once again using my presidential authority to activate activate an additional security assistance to continue to help Ukraine fend off Russia's assault. An additional $800 million in assistance. So is the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. Putin is trying to bait the trap so that uh, we go in and that's the beginning, could be the beginning of World War III. Uh, Putin totally irresponsible using weapons that are not allowed under the Geneva Convention. Putin, who uh, threatens use of chemical weapons, um, nuclear, and the rest. So they know that we can't, but it's the ask. Now, he was uh, this morning more, let's, if we can't have an, if we can't have a no-fly zone, let us have our own, and we need the airplanes to come in. On the other side of this argument is retired Army Colonel Douglas McGregor, who worked in the Department of Defense under the Trump administration. Uh, the Ukrainian forces are incapable of anything but an occasional pinprick attack on on something that doesn't appear to be very robust or dangerous. So the war, for all intents and purposes, has been decided. The, the issue for the Russians from the very beginning has been how do we proceed without killing large numbers of civilians and inflicting a lot of property damage? And Putin gave very strict orders from the outset that they were to avoid these things. The problem with avoiding it is that it has slowed the progress of the operation to the point where it has given false hope both to the Ukrainians, but I think has been seized on by people in the West to try and convince the world that a defeat is in progress when in fact the opposite is the case. And longtime independent journalist and war correspondent Laura Logan spoke this week on Real America's Voice about Ukraine and Russia. And there's so much more going on in Ukraine that nobody is talking about. You see such dishonesty when it comes to the history of Ukraine. You see dishonesty when it comes to the Azov Battalion, which is funded by the U.S. and NATO. I mean, you can find pictures of them online holding up the NATO flag and the swastika at the same time. Their own emblem Mm -hmm. contains the black sun of the occult which was a Nazi SS emblem. And it also contains the sideways, you know, uh, lightning insignia of the SS. I mean, this is on, throughout the Ukrainian military, you can see that black sign of the occult on their uh, body armor, even on the female soldiers who are paraded in front of the world as being, you know, such an example of Ukraine's um, independence and spirit and nobility. Even they are wearing the black sign of the occult. And, you know, we want, the White House wants you to believe well, this doesn't matter, it's just a small number of troops. It's not true. The Azov Battalion has been murdering its way through eastern Ukraine. Yeah. We don't want to admit this. This was why Crimea voted for independence. And this brings me to my third and final conversation with the former biosafety lab director at UAB, Kyle Boyette. In parts one and two, we talked about the existence of biolabs across the world and in Ukraine that have been established through rerouted uses of U.S. taxpayer money, as well as the very, very fine line between research on pathogens for defensive purposes and offensive purposes. Boyette concluded the conversation with his observation of the growth of government health agencies without being held accountable by Congress in its research 
and its spending of taxpayer money. So back in my day in bio in, in biosafety, we knew of about 14 labs in Ukraine that housed that were funded by the United States that housed uh, biological research. Okay, I'm not going to say that was offensive bioweaponry or anything of that nature, but just biological research in general. But like I say, that was many, many years ago when I was involved in biosafety. Now, I think the number is up to around 30. And there's all sorts of things that is now being reported that they were involved in. You know, they were working with uh, avian influenza viruses and first one thing to another. In particular, avian influenza viruses dealing with migratory birds that specifically migrated from Russia to Ukraine. Now, why would you want to do that? Mm. You know what I'm saying? And this is funded by the United States. What What is the the research merit for that kind of research? That's a question that I want to ask. Why are you doing this? What's the point? How is that making the United States better? Exactly right. Exactly. It raises more questions than answers. That's for sure. And and that therein lies the the big problem to this whole thing is I think our Congress people up there, I think for I think they start out in public service with a good heart. Most of them do. But I think once they get into the machine in Washington, D.C., I think they're corrupted to the point where they can't they can't see the forest for the trees. Number one. And number two, they come but they become beholden to too many people with special interests. Mm -hmm. And they, they just have a tendency to want to look the other way. One of the things that people need to understand, and they, they truly, in my opinion, they truly need to realize this, not just say, oh, yeah, well, that's that's true. That's true. But understand the implications of this statement. The federal government is not here to look after my best interests. OK, once you fully, truly understand that the federal government is not here to look after my best interests, it's here to look at after the system's best interests. But once you understand that, everything changes. If we allow the beast to grow and outgrow the house that it's in, it's, it's going to dictate the terms to us. But That's we right. We can't let that happen. We got to remember we're the ones who own this government. That's right. That's exactly right. And we need to understand that. It reminds me of the old Indian proverb that inside every man is a good dog and a bad dog. The one that wins is the one that's fed the most. Former CNN anchor Chris Cuomo is now filing an arbitration claim that seeks $125 million for his being suddenly removed from the news network. Cuomo claims in the filing that his sudden firing in December of 2021 damaged his career in journalism, making it even harder for him to find another job. Former CNN CEO Jeff Zucker made the move to fire Cuomo for helping his brother Andrew Cuomo, who happens to be the governor of New York, handle some sexual harassment claims and lawsuits. Zucker himself has now been let go from CNN for an ongoing affair with his marketing director. And speaking of the Cuomos and the state of New York, a newly released audit report from the state comptroller there shows that under Governor Andrew Cuomo, there was a failure to publicly account for 4,100 nursing home deaths during the coronavirus outbreak. The audit focused on the state health department and its underreporting of those deaths between April of 2020 and February of 2021. 
The report from the comptroller, Thomas DiNapoli, even indicates that the health department suppressed the number of deaths on purpose in order to support Cuomo's image as governor. Cuomo has since stepped down from that office due to the onslaught of sexual harassment allegations and claims of his abuse of power in office. A few weeks ago, the Daily Detail also did a story covering the fact that the U.S. Secret Service claimed to not have any communications or documents on the travel when it comes to Joe Biden's son, Hunter. The missing documents happened right around the two years that Joe Biden was vice president under the Obama administration. The Secret Service told U.S. senators seeking those documents that they just couldn't find the record on where and when Hunter traveled during the years of 2010, 2011, and 2013. Now John Solomon, with Just the News, has found and released those documents. He says it was easy. He just got them from Hunter Biden's laptop that was seized by the FBI in 2020. Senators Ron Johnson of Wisconsin and Chuck Grassley of Iowa have been asking for those docs for over a year now, and they're now very displeased with the Secret Service for delaying and their denial tactics. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. You won't want to miss out on Phil Williams at Right Side Radio as he takes a walk in Biden's world. Have you noticed right now that it seems like all the bad actors have suddenly perked up? It's like, okay, they've been asleep. Who jerked them out of their sleep? Well, I'd say President Biden did. Right now, I would say that we are leading from behind in every category. We're leading from behind in terms of diplomatic relations. There are literally world leaders right now, we're being told, World leaders who are not picking up the phone when the president of the United States calls. Let me jump on a, uh, a phone call real quick. Line four, Clay from Madison. Hey, Clay, Phil Williams on right side. How you doing today? Pretty good. Hey, uh, you know, a lot of what goes on in politics is respect. And if you don't have respect, then you don't have action. And we can see that in things like, I mean, yeah, generals are in war, but people respected uh, General Patton. And they respected each other of Rommel. You know, they were challenging each other, but they respected the power and intelligence and tactics of each other. Uh, People respected Kennedy. He went toe-to-toe with Khrushchev. People respected Reagan uh, because he went toe-to-toe with Gorbachev. Nobody respects Biden. You can look at the world uh, atmosphere of politics. Nobody respects Biden. And so we lose politically automatically because he has no respect. Yeah, I'm hearing Clay right now. There's reports out there that some world leaders, Middle East, I think is where it was, are not even taking his phone call when he calls them. That's that's an amazing thing. So no matter what aspect you're in, if you run a corporation, if you run a country, if you run the military, the leader has to have respect. And unfortunately, we've lost. You can find that podcast at rightsideradio.org. If you're enjoying The Daily Detail, Remember, you can get those reports directly to your phone simply by subscribing on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. I'm Andrea Tice. I'll be back again tomorrow. I look forward to updating you then. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values. 